0: So then you got to go do the Kodak dance, which doesn't your 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 fix for that that you have on your website does that s- does not seem to work in rawhide because it, well, it probably wouldn't. The ffmpeg uh, libs aren't available for the unreleased version of Fedora yet,
1: right? Because there is no RPM fusion for rawhide.
0: Yeah, added the right no, it added the um right repos, it but it did not install ffmpeg. Because it doesn't have one available for Fedora 40.
1: Oh, so RPM Fusion is available, but there is no FFmpeg libs in. Right. Are the RPM Fusion for rawhide? Right. Got it. Rawhide, devel, tainted.
0: Okay. Which? Can you search this? That's just a bummer. Um, it's just not available yet. Probably. Oh my god.
1: Dan, Dan, oh my God, do you know when they added it? Do you know when they added FFmpeg Libs? Do you know?
0: Don't tell me today. Yesterday. Yeah. Guess what I know what I'm doing later.
1: Coming up in this episode, notating the notes the history of KDE and Plasma straight from the tap. Welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. So, um, notes. Yeah. Do you take notes sometimes. Had, had, sometimes yeah. I take what, what, notes. I'm
0: usually a little scatterbrained, but yeah, when I when I get things down, I put them in a note.
1: Okay, so you got 18 different note apps? Probably. Or... Yeah.
0: No. No. I have a few. Like I. I mm, yeah. No. We've hawked a couple, and I use them, and I've used some other apps, and I've got a few things that. Yeah. No.
1: Nope. <laughs> okay. So what's? So maybe not an app, but what's your favorite way to take notes? Is it markdown?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um most of the apps that I use all use Markdown. So Yeah. I, I, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I'm not so much uh like the WYSIWYG uh type. I'm I'm fine with just looking at the code view, honestly. Okay. Um so I don't I, I don't necessarily have the preview panel open on the ones that offer the preview panel. At least at first, I usually do a rough uh, go of things and then I'll go looking at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's usually how I do it. So this whole conversation came up because in the live stream, I was um, complaining, I guess, about... Yeah, you had a a grape. That's cool. (laughs) So... Markdown right it's very easy to read It's very easy to write and get like get your headings in there, yeah, and like rich your text. links and right right. You can make it look pretty, and you don't have to take your hands off the keys that's That's really cool, and I like that a lot. but one thing that has been bothering me is that um and you're gonna see it in the k d e history that every single one of these episodes um I, I try to flex a little bit of the writing. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, more on the writing and less on the, here's some straight facts, you know, straight facts at you. And one of the things that, that has come up is when I read back what I wrote, it's really hard to do that in Markdown view. So you have to go over a preview view. And the thing that makes it so hard is links. So when you do a link, basically square bracket around the thing that you want to become the link, the thing that you click on, and then in parens right next to it, you put, where you want the link to take you to, right? Right. Um, but when you're in the markdown editing mode, that takes up
0: a lot of space.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm dealing with archive links a lot of times. And and some of these uh some of these note windows don't go wide enough. Yeah. And I the archive link takes up two, three lines.
0: Two lines, lines. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so if I'm reading that back, I have to skip down three lines, I lose my place, I lose my I lose the flow, you know. And so it, it gets it gets a little weird. Now remember I like Markdown. Like, I like it a lot. Right. But I was complaining about this on the live stream, and I got a couple of uh, suggestions. So... Uh, the first of which was, um, hey, have you read the manual? <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't write I, I, it like that. It wasn't that. quite like that, but, but you're not wrong, <laughs>
0: right? Have you checked the manual? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the nicest
1: way possible. <laughs> it was the perfect uh, Dominic, way possible, but yes. yeah. Dominic and Telegram mentioned reference style links. Um, he gave me a link to uh, essentially just the manual for Markdown. And, I appreciate that kind of answer though. That, that That is an answer that I like because it, I like to go figure it out myself. That is a yeah, good thing about me. And it's good to have a reference, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so apparently what you can do is instead of linking like a word or words and then having the link right out next to that, you can just do a number in square brackets and then lower down... On the document, you can reference that number and then put the link. So it makes it oh so much easier to read because instead of, you know, three lines of linkage, you've got three characters right. of linkage. Vast, vast improvement. So I liked that a lot. I liked that a lot. And then, um, like the same day, uh, Furicle. On Mastodon, backed him up. Same deal. Same same information. uh, Almost the same link. I think it was the same doc, but uh, I think Verkle had like the the laser focus on the thing. Yeah. But you know, I had I had found it by that point. But it's fantastic. So there's a way to do it without tripping me up while I'm reading it, and that's that's actually pretty cool. And then right after that, uh, the conversation got steered to Mark Text, which is an editor that. Kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Uh, it's very much like the next cloud notes where okay, yep. you, you got you got style and substance, the markdown right, right. substance in the same place. Yeah. In the view. Yeah. All right. But I, I have a third solution. Yeah. And I, you know what? You know what? I have to say it. I don't mind bloat because I guarantee you using this only for notes is the epitome Of what many folks would call bloat. So I got a note taking app and it came with a browser. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Dan, this is your favorite browser. As a matter of fact, it's, yeah, one
0: or two. Like they're, they're like I I waffle back and forth between Firefox and Vivaldi, right? So, okay. So um, it's one
1: of your two favorite browsers,
0: but it's definitely, it's got some features that I do love. Yes. And I do use it as a browser. Primarily.
1: Yeah. If if Bloat were a browser,
0: yeah, it would be Vivaldi. Now, I'm not going to lie. Like It comes with everything, including the kitchen sink. Yeah. I'm sure that's yeah, in there. Yeah. I'm sure it's one of the buttons you can push.
1: I guarantee it. Over there with the Mastodon link and the notes link and the calendar link I, and the I mail swear link. I saw and the, the kitchen
0: sink button. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, and yeah, exactly. So apparently, and here here's the here's the killer feature. This is the thing that that, that does it for me. Vivaldi yep. has sync.
0: Yes, it does. It does have sync. Yep.
1: So Vivaldi has notes,
0: and uh, uh, let me before you go too far, I'll say that yeah. I've never used Vivaldi sync. Like I, I, I only recently have I actually turned on the Firefox sync uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically mm-hmm. in the past, I just I'm. I guess I'm too much of a tinfoil hatter um, about this particular topic yeah. that I don't really know how much I like that. Uh, even still, okay. it, it doesn't quite give me the heebie-jeebies, but uh, it doesn't make me feel real comfortable. That's
1: uh, Yep. The only thing about the Vivaldi sink is that the only kind of information they could possibly vacuum up Uh, from me is uh, a weirdo that really, really enjoys Linux and desktop history.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I get that I'm probably... Who is this guy? How do
1: you even sell to him?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I get I'm probably super uninteresting, but at the same time, like, it's... Yeah, there's... Your your, your history is getting Mm. passed around, right? I can get over it, though.
1: Well... I don't want you to get over it All um, right, because I don't think I'm I'm over it. I I trust Firefox to do that kind of thing, but the the stuff I'll do in Vivaldi is is I'm I'm currently considering using Vivaldi just for the history digging for these episodes because of the notes thing because that's mm-hmm. where I do my writing. So it's nice um, having them together. Yes. All right. But here's why. Here's why I decided to. Uh, kind of dodge the reference style links and dodge mark text for now. This is in flux. I don't know if I don't, it might change. But Vivaldi Notes, it opens up a panel and it looks like a note app. It doesn't look like a markdown app. And as a matter of fact, if you don't go clicking around, you'd never know. Yeah. It was markdown. This is my favorite thing about technical stuff if you can put something in front of someone that is not technical and they could use it just fine, that is a winner. That's true. And, and this is exactly what Vivaldi was trying to do. You yeah. got to go find the little visual text toggle. And when you click on the text toggle, what do you know? It's Markdown back there. And I think they need to add a couple of features, but um, like quoting, there's no button button to quote, but. By default, it looks just like I don't like Evernote. Okay, or yep. mm-hmm. you know, Apple Notes or whatever, right? It's yep, just yep. it's WYSIWYG right, this bold italics and stuff up at the top and it 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 works for notes. The end. And that's fantastic. So like I can't I can't do quotes. There's a lot of quotes in the notes. Um but I can't do quotes. I have to swap over to Markdown, add the little uh. sideways carrot. And then do the quote and then toggle back. That's fine. I'm does okay it work? with that. It works that way? Yes. Yes. And sometimes the formatting will get kind of junked up. Uh-huh. But then I swap over to, to the uh markdown mode and just kind of tinker it up. Because I, I I like markdown. I like messing right, with that. Right. That's fine. And it works and it works okay. perfectly. Okay. So it does I render have... whatever you put in there. Yes. It it you cannot tell just by looking at it, but it is a pure markdown editor you're just defaulted to the preview mode but the killer feature about this is that you can edit in the preview mode
0: right right right
1: that's the one thing that's why i was so attracted to nextcloud's implementation which is you can edit and preview but it it favors the markdown yeah yeah but vivaldi goes the other way where (laughs) they favor the you know, the doc style look where you don't see the hashes and the carrots and stuff. But I like that because, again, while reading, it makes it so much easier to parse. So,
0: well, that's why we put like headings and, you know, so, you know, underlines on things, right? It's so it is easier to parse after it's been formatted. Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and. I'm looking at our markdown notes right now,, mm-hmm. but I ain't in the markdown style. I'm in the preview mode right. where the emojis look cool and the you know i can i can i can just read right um that's that's super important um so anyway the the workflow was really nice uh a little janky at times, but it's really nice. the thing that that is is making me kind of second guess it is that um I signed into the sync. I had to resurrect the account that I made years ago and then sign into it. And then I signed into it on a couple other devices and I opened up Vivaldi on those devices and the notes weren't there. Did it sync your other things? I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't, that, I don't care about any. Other, I just wanted well, I get to sync the notes.
0: I was just wondering if it <laughs> That's... did any syncing.
1: It could have. I'll have to check. Um, But right now I'm kind of in a weird limbo where Mm -hmm. I had to use my next cloud notes to kind of like copy paste from one device to the other. If Vivaldi can do the syncing on the notes, I, 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 I might not be able to leave. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do images, so I'm not worried about buttoning up against some kind of weird Vivaldi. Oh, you can only have 500 megabytes, yeah, you know, or yeah, something. Yeah. Too big limit.
0: Your files are too big, or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So hmm. that that would be great. It would be. That's pretty cool. I have not tried the syncing, like I said. So I, yeah. even though you told me not to, I think I might now. Um, do it. Yeah, I,
1: I, I. want. I want to. I oh, want to uh, find out what I've been doing wrong,
0: or if I can make it work. Um, which might not happen. You prob- I don't. Know. You
1: probably can.
0: So, yeah. um, yeah, no. So I've never used that. Like I have used other. Obviously, we use HedgeDoc to share between us, which is fantastic. Like I feel like that is a, a great platform. If you're if, if you're collaborating on on a document, right? There's other things mm-hmm. you can do, but this is just kind of seamless and it works great. Yeah. So, and it doesn't matter where you edit your, your notes. You can plop them in there as long as they're marked down, which is just a cut and paste uh, sort of operation. And that's easy mm-hmm. enough. Um, but where I'm going with that is I have used, uh, Joplin is the other note taking right. app, app that I've used and it will do syncing on the backend and so you can set it up to use any number of things to be your backend storage place um, oh
1: that's Janice Joplin Whoop.
0: not Janice no not the singer um, Got it. Joplin note taking app um, and it 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 can use you know OneDrive uh, Google Drive okay. uh, yeah, it, super it, typical you can use all of those Markdown. things but you can use your next cloud too as just pure storage uh, straight up storage mm-hmm. if you want it as well um. You know, it has all all, all the things, right? Uh, this
1: would probably be a pretty decent front end for the actual NextCloud notes. So, like, you yes. could, you know, if you didn't have Joplin available, you could just go straight into the NextCloud notes and edit them directly as opposed to right. using we, yeah, the yeah. Joplin so front that end.
0: It, and so it's, you know, it's cross-platform. The nice thing about it is um, it works on, at least for me, it works on an Android as well, right? So I can sync yeah. my things all around any device I have. So
1: that's- You know what? That's the other one I've
0: used. I've used Apostrophe a bunch of times.
1: That one's good for just plain writing. Right. Once you start needing to do lots of complicated things- um, Yeah, it does. I feel like like some other editors might be a little bit better. But if I'm just plain writing, like mm -hmm. not for the show or anything like that, I'm just writing. Apostrophe is beautiful, fantastic. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. And I would paint uh, Ghostwriter in the same vein. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're they're very similar, right? Um, they are oh,
1: it's not it's not k- ghost rider, is it? No, it's, it's like, not. Okay, all right. <laughs> just, just but but making yes. Making sure. Yes. We, so the, we got the K flavor in this episode today. Yeah, we do.
0: Um so I've used both of those as well. And they they they're fantastic. On their own, yep. uh, But that's it. They're just on their own. Typically, you have to right. do some more manual intervention to make the sync stuff happen. If, you, if yep. that's what you're looking for,
1: I I could I could if if like apostrophe exploded one day and was was no longer around, I could move to Ghost Rider and it would be just as good. Yeah, I, I really appreciate Ghost Rider. Um, yep, and it's written in QT, right? It like, is cute. Yeah, it is. It's cute. Um, yeah. So Very cool.
0: yeah, I like I like both of those. I can use that um, just fine and. Like I, I've used those just to not collaborate things sometimes on yeah. purpose, right? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I like I like having having local stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like writing it just here. I like, you know, I, I'm about to say something stupid because I have to open up Vivaldi, which is a browser, to get to my notes in this case, right? But I don't like opening up a browser and going to a website mm-hmm. to do notes. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, as I was just talking about. Well, well, the and the other thing is, notes. like the mobile device
0: integration component, right? I I don't enjoy yeah. writing on my mobile device, but if I need to take some notes and have it again later without getting my phone back out, mm. uh, you know, yeah. I, I I I like that option of having to syn- be able to sync those things around. Um, yeah, yeah. So in a way, that's pretty good.
1: That's killer, man. It's really good. Um, it's yep. really good. So, I'm 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 messing around with it. I I haven't I haven't settled um, on it, what I want to do. Vivaldi looks like a pretty clear front runner, but it does come with a whole lot of what folks might actually call bloat. But but the browser part's pretty good for me. So like
0: I don't know. Like I feel that's what like, I, mean. I I like I, I one of the things I absolutely love is tab stacking. I like, I like stacking my tabs that, that belong together. So especially when I'm doing things for like the show or whatever, I'll have like all 85. Well, like in this episode, right? I'll, I'll have, you know, all the KDE things and I'll have all the cute things. And then I'll have, you know, KDE neon stuff or, you know, like I can put them all in a, in a, in a group and, and stack them up. And then it, you know, expands and collapses and it doesn't look too cluttered when you get all, you know, said and done.
1: Yeah. Well it helps avoid that whole you only got icons because you have only you know, have yeah. so many tabs open you can't even tell what well, anything is anymore. Or it the helps big avoid long that long
0: list that you gotta scroll through.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, because you can do the tabs on the side. I didn't even do that. I haven't done that yet. That that's that may be something. Alright. Well I'm I'm not gonna leave Firefox though. Absolutely not. So it it will be a history digging browser for me if that's uh if that's what it comes to but everyday life still gonna be firefox
0: you're probably watching us on youtube but if you're not watching us on youtube you can't and you should so go over there hit the bell you know subscribe do all those things um but additionally if you just want our faces and some history you can go over to Tilvids and catch us there where we've got all the, the you know the history bits released um um in video. And That's right. And and if you really love us, um give us a a, a, a buck or two and over on Patreon and help support the show. Um if you're a patron, you get things early and mm-hmm. maybe you know, you get the worst of Things for the most money. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah how did how did we phrase the, that? It was you get you get the full <laughs> unedited uh, show over there, uh, which is cool. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. You uh, pay the most to get the worst. Is that what we said? I think
0: so. Yeah, you pay the most, get yeah. the worst. That's what that's that's how
1: this goes. It's it's true because you get the stuff that I have to cut out of the show. As- right? Absolutely. So, you, know, you get you get all the flubs and redos and uh but but that's not it, right? I mean, what was well, it? We we hit well, the 45 minute mark before we ever started the show. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to go for another 10, 15 minutes at the end, if not more of, it depends on how sleepy I am and how hungry I am that I was like, I got to eat
0: wings so, or something. So if you'd rather <laughs> spend three hours at this thing, you should, you know, give us some money and you can get the episode early
1: ah, and, 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 you know, get, they get have the been that thing. long before. Yeah. They're, they're, they're usually in the two, two and a half hour range where the episodes are one and a half tops. Usually. Yeah, typically we try uh-huh. to limit it a little
0: bit. We, really, we yeah. do. We do. Like, it's all one take, but it is cut.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we go back and I shake my head and I'm like, I read that one wrong.
0: Hey. Yeah, but-, but even if you don't want that. Maybe you just want to join our Lemmy instance cuz you're looking for a Lemmy instance to join. Uh, patrons get access to that as well. And then That's right. on top of all of that, you get some, you know, set aside Discord space just for the patrons as, you know, in addition. That's right. So, there, yeah. there's some perks. Uh, a lot
1: of the a, a lot of the like uh time stampy stuff. So you kind of you you kind of get a preview of what's coming in the show. Um and some of the thumbnails and stuff like that and a little bit of the a little bit of the chatter that happens in there as well so eh, a buck gets you a whole lot honestly it yeah, gets you it some get... server space it gets you a cool Discord space then you know you get our
0: undying love
1: well you get that on any tier that's true you, you know what you get that for
0: free that is true you get more of it I think I don't know.
1: Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. I give you more emojis in the, uh, in the patron oh, that's user fair. space. So, <laughs> yeah, that definitely happens. <music> to have used Linux in the late 90s was to be in a state of constant flux. Not because the crop of software available on Linux was ever changing, though it certainly was but because developers of all stripes, much as they do today, had immense potential to create change, to disrupt what some were sure was an untapped market. And they tried, many, many times. The common desktop environment had been around since 1993, but only on Unix boxes until CDE was ported to Red Hat in 1997. Overall, time would not be kind to CDE. Nor would other Linux distributions, as the original proprietary desktop was never properly ported to anything else in the Linux world. Not for lack of trying, but because proprietary software, especially desktops, had a hard time earning mind share from the early Linux distro pioneers. The Adam Richters, Owen LeBlancs, Patrick Volkerdings, and Ian Murdochs. This remains true today, with one exception. It was a Monday, one like many Mondays before it in 1996. Except that this Monday, a new newsgroup post penned by Matthias Ettrick could be downloaded, titled, New Project, Cool Desktop Environment, KDE. Programmers wanted it started. Unix popularity
0: grows thanks to the free variants, mostly Linux. But still, a consistent, nice-looking, free desktop environment is missing.
1: And this was true. Most of the options that Linux users had were really window managers, unless you looked to the proprietary solutions like CDE and Looking Glass. And more than that, even defining what a graphical user interface even was in the open source world would prove to be difficult. But Matthias took the leap anyway. The idea is not to create a GUI for
0: the complete Unix system or the system administrator. For that purpose, the Unix CLI with thousands of tools and scripting languages is much better. The idea is to create a GUI for an end-user, somebody who wants to browse the web with Linux, write some letters, and play some nice
1: games. There was also a push to create a common look and feel to the entire thing, leaving behind the hodgepodge of styles of CDE. At the time, this was unheard of in the open source world, at least as it pertains to getting code into a compiler. Of the toolkits and libraries out there, Matthias chose Trolltech's Qt. They were a company solely focused on development of Qt. So they put up the money and developer time in managing and testing the widget libraries. And better still, it was portable to Windows. The downside though, was one of licensing. At the time, it was free to run personally, and you even got the source code under the cute Free Edition license. But on the other end was the cute Commercial license. And because the Free Edition did not allow modifying cute itself, most in the free software movement didn't wanna to touch it. In spite of this, KDE continued, but not after getting a little less cool. Matthias said in an interview with Linux Journal,
0: Originally, we thought about giving the K a meaning other than KDE, but we gave up that idea before the first line of code was written.
1: Much like XFCE ever so slightly before it, the K desktop environment would soon become a looser collection of pieces with the panel, file manager, terminal, and other bits being developed and released independently. Almost a year later, KDE development was in full swing, but efforts could be done much faster in person. So, a meeting of about 15 developers, dubbed KDE-1, was scheduled for August fifteenth, 1997 in Arnsberg, Germany, where, among other things, internationalization and documentation was prioritized. And progress was made on the very first file manager in KDE, named KFM, or K-File Manager. With all that work behind them, the K desktop environment would see its first real beta release one year and six days after the inaugural announcement. It became clear quite quickly that KDE wasn't just some pet project. Even in the early stages, KDE was functional, fast, and came with almost everything one might need to get right to work. However, some wondered if the look and feel of the desktop wasn't lifted from other projects. Could you blame them? The icons and Task Tray and Clock resembled Windows 95. The workspace switcher and launchers resembled CDE. And there were even some warp elements in there. However, in response, the core team wrote, KDE is not a CDE,
0: Windows, or OS2 clone. While some ideas may have originated from those systems, KDE is unique, and we have no intentions of cloning another system.
1: Later in 97, KDE EV was founded in Tübingen, Germany, the same city the desktop was announced in, to represent KDE financially and legally. After two more beta releases, one in November of 97 and another in February of 98, the proper release of KDE 1.0 was released to everyone on July 12, 1998. The idea that the software should integrate and have a consistent look wasn't just an idea anymore. Parts of the KDE Office application suite, much of which was still in alpha, like K-Presenter, were being shipped with KDE itself. It was a presentation software that had already been used live at the 5th International Linux Congress with great success. The next iteration of KDE, 1.1, was released in February of 99, improving KFM, which would soon become Conqueror. It also included a short-lived Kmail mail 2 and introduced the iconic letter K on top of a gear. This icon, though changed a bit, is still in use today. But new additions and improvements didn't stop there. Later in April of 99, because KDE can't be outdone by Clippy, an animated mascot, Conky, named after the Conqueror browser, was announced. While not officially the KDE mascot yet, Konki was very popular and would overtake Kandolf, the original KDE mascot, soon enough. Though there were more releases of KDE 1.1, they were mostly bug fix releases as earlier in 99, Qt had announced version 2.0. So efforts were focused on a port to it, which would eventually turn into KDE 2.0 to match. This also signaled a change within Qt as they released Qt 2 under the Q public license. The biggest change here was that Qt licensing could never be more restrictive than the QPL itself. However, this was still not enough for the Free Software Foundation. KDE 1.1.1 and 1.1.2 were released later in the year. And shortly after, in December, 1.89, Crash, with a K, of course, was released to developers based on Qt 2.0. After the Y2K scare settled down, five betas, 1.90 to 1.94, were released between May and September with a 2.0 release candidate on October 10th, 2000. The official 2.0 release came shortly after on the 23rd. And in this release, aside from the fact that most of the KDE code had been entirely rewritten for the new Cute, Conqueror officially replaced KFM and the full K-Office suite made its debut. Conqueror did it all. Browsed the web, could handle all the user-facing file management on the system, and show all the documents you threw at it. It stood tall against its competition, Internet Explorer and Netscape Communicator. KHTML, the engine at the heart of Conqueror, would eventually be used in projects like Apple's WebKit for use in Safari and Google's Blink for use in Chrome and Chromium. Conqueror truly is the grandfather of the modern web. As for the K-Office suite, K-Spread for spreadsheets, K-Illustrator for vector drawing, K-Word for word processing, K-Presenter for presentations, and K-Charts for diagrams were all included. All while maintaining the customizability that KDE has always been known for. KDE could be easily installed in Caldera, Debian, Mandrake, Red Hat, Suse and True64. Four months later in 2001, KDE 2.1 is released with, and I'm guessing here, no Atune, a media player, and KDevelop, KDE's own development environment. Six months after that, KDE 2.2. This release was able to make 50% gains in startup times for some applications and improved Conqueror, KHTML, and KJavaScript quite a bit. The final release of the KDE 2 series was on November 21st, 2001 with the 2.2.2 maintenance release. Katie, Konky's next door neighbor, girlfriend, little sister, it depends on who you ask, was announced along with a new group, KDE Women. The group was meant to foster inclusivity and bring more women into free software communities. In April of 2002, KDE 3.0 was released as a bit of a surprise to casual onlookers. No beta announcements here, but that didn't stop the team from developing a locked down kiosk mode. KDE Print, which would be the front end for things like cups and LPR, which was accessible to all applications on KDE and brought the popular vCard compatibility to Kmail. It still looked a lot like KDE 2.2.2, but whispers of a new default window and icon theme were there if one cared to look. And at the beginning of 2003, KDE 3.1 debuted with Karamic, a new window theme, and Crystal, a new icon theme. These assets set the visual tone for KDE for the rest of the next few releases. Tabbed browsing was also introduced in Conqueror, as well as LDAP support for Contact, and Zyne also made its debut as a multi-format media player plugin. KDE 3.2 followed in the next year, and marked the fastest KDE ever up to that point. Lots of applications that are still being developed today are included, like Juke, a Jukebox style music player, and KWallet, a password and web data manager. Later in the year, in August, KDE 3.3 brought integrations between applications with Conqueror able to send IMs, Kmail able to view online users, and eventually just gobbling up Copete altogether, and Juke could now burn CDs with K3B. And just a few days later, the very first KDE Community World Summit 2004 named Academy was held bringing together developers, power users, and the general public to get an idea of what happens behind the scenes and to influence the direction of KDE. At the end of 2004 in December, Andreas Mueller of Nopix, Chris Halls of OpenOffice, and Jonathan Riddell of KDE worked together to create Kubuntu, a new Ubuntu-blessed version using KDE instead of GNOME. In March, KDE 3.4 was released with a renewed focus on accessibility with a new text-to-speech system that supported the most popular K applications. Shortly after the release of KDE 3.4 and after four months of development work on April 8th, Kubuntu is officially born. And toward the end of the year, KDE 3.5 was released with Super Caramba, introducing the things we know today as widgets. Conqueror was, for a short time, one of the fastest and most feature complete browsers on the market, outshining even Internet Explorer and Firefox. No wonder Apple wanted a piece of that action. There'd been two additional meetings since KDE-1, aptly named KDE-2 in 99 and KDE-3 in 2000. But it had been a while since a developer meeting like those had happened. Until the KDE-4 core meeting in 2006 where KDE devs gathered to hash out what KDE-4 was going to be. There were also other meetings like KDE-4 multimedia for their respective focus. This would all come to a head at Academy's September 2006 hacking sessions to glue it all together. After a few months more of hacking, KDE4 Alpha 1 saw the light of day on May 11th, 2007. KDE4 went through two alpha stages, four beta releases, and two release candidates throughout the year. But it wasn't until January 11th, 2008 that KDE4 was officially released to the world. It was the first stable release to replace Conqueror as the file manager with the solution we have today, Dolphin. Up until then, Conqueror had the reputation of being too complicated to use as a simple file manager. But, like Internet Explorer and the File Explorer, Conqueror and Dolphin still shared an immense amount of code between them. And Ocular, the current document viewer in place today, was introduced to replace KPDF and KGhostView. Finally, the style was changed again. Oxygen gave a visual refresh to everything. And the general look and feel may have been the most stable thing about 4.0. As it turns out though, giving it the .0 version will get people to believe it's nice and ready, fresh out of the oven. However, the devs didn't actually intend it to be so. It was meant to be a slow migration from KDE 3.5 to KDE 4, when things were ready for each individual. Those that knew this were accepting of that fact, but those that didn't were quick to criticize. Linus Torvalds, in an interview with Computer World, said I used to be
0: a KDE user. I thought KDE 4.0 was such a disaster. I switched to GNOME. You know, I hate the fact that my right button doesn't do what I want it to do. But the whole break-everything model is painful for users, and they can choose to use something else. I realized the reason for the 4.0 release, but I think they did it badly. They did so many changes, it was half a half-baked release. It may turn out to be the right decision in the end, and I will retry KDE, but I suspect I'm not the only person they lost.
1: Aaron Sago. A KDE developer had heard quite a few of these arguments before, so he addressed some, with one being, KDE 4.0 isn't what a business would do. He responded, By asking KDE
0: to behave like a proprietary company, these people are asking KDE to abandon what has worked for us all these years. They're asking us to abandon our identity, to cease doing what resulted in the free software desktop going from non-existent in the mid-90s to parity in just over 10 years. Remembering that we started 15 years and multi-billions of dollars behind our competition, that's a pretty impressive success story.
1: The development of KDE 3.5 continued on throughout 2008 with maintenance and bug fixes. and the last version, 3.5.10 was released in August. After that, it was full speed ahead. On KDE 4. With the release of KDE 4.1 in July, some improvements were delivered, but not enough to win over those that felt like KDE 4 left them behind. About a year after the initial 4.0 release, KDE 4.2 is released. It was at this point that Aaron Sago gave his blessing for those still on 3.5 to make the switch to KDE 4. With thousands of bug fixes and improvements under its belt, it was true too. Theming improvements, new plasma applets, multi-screen support, and even KRunner getting lots of love and morphing more into what we know it, is, know it as today. It was a great release and really served to convince some to return to KDE again. A couple of months before 4.3 was to be released, KDE hit the 1 million commit milestone. It was a fix for Akonadi, a personal information manager framework. And in August, KDE 4.3 was released and focused on polish, now that the big hurdles were behind them. More than 10,000 bugs were squashed and 2,000 feature requests were implemented. PolicyKit, Network Manager, and KRunner were at the forefront this time. Later in the 4.3 cycle, all of KDE, starting from 4.3.4, is a software compilation now, abbreviated as KDE SC. In February of 2010, KDE SC 4.4 was released with a new animation framework named Kinetic that came with Qt, making for nicer transitions between applications and workspaces. As a result of the perception of KDE 4 and 4.1, a fork of KDE 3.5 was eventually announced in April. It was named the Trinity Desktop Environment and released a maintenance release at 3.5.11 And continued development until the next major version, which was changed to version 14 to avoid confusion with KDE. Later in the year, in August, KDE SC 4.5 was released, and as they each had their own team and personality, separate releases were announced for the platform, application, and Plasma workspaces. WebKit was now integrated and will be worked on alongside KHTML. In the works since mid 2010, an official split from K-Office as a result of unresolved differences. On one side, you had K-Presenter, Krita, Carbon, and Kexi. On the other, the K-Office name, but only K-Word as software, headed up by Thomas Zander. Those differences led, eventually, to the ultimate demise of K-Office as it never made it past version 2.4. Though Caligra, the new group, Took up what was left of the mantle and continued. In January of 2011, 4.6 was released with an all new activities system which allowed anyone to group tasks together to speed up workflows. Dolphin got faceted browsing to make file searching easier. And the KDE platform slimmed down in preparation for a mobile device release. For 4.7 in July, activities takes a bigger role in the desktop. And finally, the work started in 4.6 paid off with the release of Plasma Active for tablet devices.
0: A mobile device should be more than a collection of applications. It should reflect who you are. Plasma Active infuses your tablet with the smarts to support what you are doing. When you are doing it with the all-new Touch based Activities User
1: Experience. It really was the usual plasma, but with a huge focus on the activities workflow found on the desktop. In November, K-Desktop Environment is just KDE now.
0: KDE's identity has shifted from being simply a desktop environment to representing a global community that creates a remarkably rich body of free software targeted for use by people everywhere. KDE is no longer software created by people, but people who create software.
1: KDE saw two releases in 2012, 4.8 and 4.9. Together, they brought adaptive power management to save on electricity and battery life, better file management, touch-friendly components, and lots of application and workspace improvements. In October, KDE put into words what the developers, community, and users already knew. They penned a manifesto that reaffirmed their commitment to open governance, free software, inclusivity, innovation, common ownership, and end-user focus. And finally, in December, a redesigned conky mascot that's cuter than ever. 4.10, 4.11, and 4.12 were all released in 2013, focusing on performance, user experience, and stability. But in the middle of all that improvement, the way KDE released software changed. What was once a structured release of application, platform, and workspaces would now be broken apart as of 4.11. The idea was to allow users and developers to pick releases as it fit them best rather than to force users to follow along with the development as work on version 5 of frameworks, version 2 of workspaces, and application porting to Qt 5 had already begun to heat up. WorkSpaces, now known as Plasma, made its debut at the end of the year in a technology preview. A few months later, on July 15, 2014, KDE Plasma 5.0 was released to all as a stable update. For those that didn't want to wait, Neon 5 was available, an echo of what was to come. Plasma 5 focused on KRunner customizable panel layouts with multiple desktops, a multi-line clipboard, and central media control. Not to mention the previously worked on activities and session management, all while sporting an entirely new theme and icon set, all dubbed Breeze, complete with dark mode. In August, KDE-SC 4.14 was released and would be the last in the series, but didn't shy away from improvements. However focus was squarely on Plasma 5 and Frameworks 5. After this last release, KDE quietly moved away from calling things software compilations because of the Plasma framework and application split. 5.1 in October focused on porting over anything that was left out of the original release when moving over from Plasma in KDE 4. 5.2, 3, 4 and 5 were all released in 2015, bringing with them better Bluetooth support, a GTK 2 and 3 style configurator, initial and then improved Wayland support and better power management. During the long list of releases, a wild Plasma Mobile appeared in July, replacing the previously released Plasma Active and shifted slightly to phones as well as tablets with the first prototype available for the Nexus 5, a notoriously tinkery device. Pine 64 followed at the end of the year. Lesser known, but still important, Plasma Big Screen was announced as a smart TV ecosystem. In January of 2016, the first big announcement from KDE was KDE Neon.
0: KDE Neon is the intersection of these needs using a stable Ubuntu long term release as its core, packaging the hottest software fresh from the KDE community ovens. Compute knowing you have a solid foundation and enjoy the features you experience in the world's most customizable desktop.
1: In the rest of 2016, 5.6, 7, and 8 were released with a focus on security much more Wayland and a long-term support version in 5.8. Also in 5.8, phone integration with KDE Connect and better desktop searching in KRunner. On October 14th, KDE turned 20. There are only a couple of other desktops that can claim to have lived so long and to have had such a storied history. In the beginning of 2017, the first Slimbook, a laptop by a manufacturer of the same name, is announced as KDE Slimbook, and it ships with KDE Neon, so customers always get the latest and greatest, Plasma. Later in the year, Plasma 5.9, 10, and 11 were all released with more of the usual, performance improvements and Wayland work, but also a system settings redesign and notification history was added. In 2018, the first release, 5.12 was an LTS that brought more of the same but in a long-term flavor. This was followed by 5.13 and 14 later in the year that introduced the Plasma browser integration so things like notifications and downloads could be monitored right from Plasma itself, something that other OSs have had for a while. They also brought a better First Connect multi-monitor dialogue to help with the ease of setup. In 2019, 5.15, 16, and 17 were released with, you guessed it, better Wayland support with a focus on NVIDIA and fractional scaling, but also a do not disturb feature, integrated WireGuard VPN support, log, login, and logout screen redesigns. In 2020, 5.18 marked another long-term support release followed by 5.19 and 20. Improvements continued as they always do better disc monitoring, a simplified system setting, better GTK app integration, and a global animation speed setting. On Wayland Island, support for screencasting, a shared clipboard, Windows thumbnails, and scrolling speed adjustments were added. In 2021, 5.21, 22, and 23 were all released with a new theme, the new Plasma System Monitor app, A firewall settings page and power saving modes now show up in the panel to match work being done over on the GNOME side. Behind the scenes, but as a huge win, KDE Plasma is chosen for the Steam Deck when in desktop mode. This allows anyone to have full access to a real Linux desktop when they're not playing games. A real testament to the quality of the Plasma session. This year also marked more changes for KDE they moved development and chat platforms to GitLab and Matrix. Another triplet of releases in 2022, 5.24 and LTS, 25 and 26 brought an overview manager to make desktop switching easier, a breeze theme overhaul, fingerprint authentication support, trackpad gesture support, and better support for scaled X wayland applications to remove blurry apps in most cases. In 2023, there was only one release. 5.27. It has a new welcome wizard, a new window tiling system, and Flatpak permission support in Discover to mimic what's available in FlatSeal. Work has already begun on the not-yet-released as-of-now Plasma 6, which explains the lack of new versions. And if you're adventurous enough, you've been able to get a hold of Plasma 6 since November 8, 2023 with the first alpha. Beta 1 released on November 29th and Beta 2 on December 20th. Plasma 6's release date is planned for February 28th of 2024. But we already have, on January 10th, 2024, the first release candidate. The developers warn it's not quite production ready, but it's time to look that direction. Bug reports are wanted as things are firming up for the official release. You can catch all the great topics and
0: news stories as they unfold on our Lemmy subreddit or our news channel on Discord. You can catch all those at linuxuserspace.show slash Lemmy Reddit Discord Mastodon Telegram Matrix Twitch Twitter. I don't know. We've got more, but you know, you just plug that Linux thing.show thing dot show right in the front, and then whatever. Platform you're looking for, and you'll probably
1: find us. I'm going to run out of uh, fingers eventually when we do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's jump on board, man, before I have to grow an 11th finger. And, and... I have to bring the toes up to, to I know. compensate.
0: And, and if you can't keep up with all of the things that I just said right there, check out the show notes because we'll have links to everything right there.
1: Dan, we cheated uh
0: well a few times
1: i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna blame neil yeah, um, absolutely
0: <laughs>
1: neil neil Gampa if you're listening thank you it's your fault <laughs> um we we originally we started this whole thing out where we were just gonna use plasma um I know we wanted to push it a little bit to get access to plasma six, but we did I was perfectly fine with just using five dot twenty seven which is the last release, probably, because it's the LTS. Yeah, um, I think
0: it's 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 planned to be, yes, the next release will be
1: 6.0, oh, probably. And then 6 forever after that. Yeah, well, Um. yeah. But Neil mentioned on the last live stream that Fedora Rawhide mm-hmm. would be rolling in the Plasma 6 release candidate that we just mentioned in the history. Yeah,
0: like the day we did the live stream.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like it was the next day. Right. And I I let that simmer for another day and then I installed it, which is right here. What you see over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it's there. It's working. It has not fully exploded yet, but there's a few rough edges. Well, so, yeah, I mean, well
0: you so you say that. Like I did uh, three different uh distributions, uh all with plasma six.
1: And they were all perfect.
0: Oh no! Uh.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, no. But it, I'm just saying at various times, like so. I did, I did, you know, beta one, beta two, and then the release candidate, right? So
1: okay, okay, so, okay, So so
0: so I, I I yeah. In all fairness, yeah. No, I mean early days. Some of those, you know, when I was testing some of that stuff.
1: Yep. Before we before we get too far into Plasma Six, I do want to note that Plasma Five Twenty Seven. Um, is actually quite stable that's
0: that's actually what i'm running right here right so yeah i mean safely yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so dan you can speak a lot to Mm 5.27 i can speak a little less on 5.27 but my my general thought is it's very stable yeah darn. i really love the blur plasma 6 is really tugging at my heartstrings because they have um they have better X Wayland support than Gnome does.
0: Right? You say Wayland anything and it's it's a lot better in Plasma Six. It's it's okay yeah. in five twenty seven, but it's a lot better in six.
1: Well the, the, the Ubuntu hack and, and I mm-hmm. call it a hack because you have to go into like deconf editor to enable it in the first place, um where you do the one hundred twenty five, one fifty, the, the quarter scale. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's 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 a hack. But yeah, but it comes plasma, out of the box. Yeah. Yeah, in plasma. As a matter of fact, as soon as I got um five dot twenty seven. So this is Fedora thirty nine before I swapped over to Rawhide, um, it had already on by default scaled my desktop, ten eighty p fourteen inches over here mm-hmm. um yep. to one twenty five. And I have been harping on that idea yeah, s- same, for same
0: thing on my laptop. Ever. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: That's the perfect scaling. It it like maths out to a weird 1600 by 900 display, mm-hmm. right? If you want to think about it in those terms. Right. But that's the perfect size for 14 inches. It, 1080p is a little too small. It, I know I can, I can, these people with their eagle eyes can read that use, teeny itty bitty little, oh my God, text. But most people, man.
0: I use it often, but like I, I was pleasantly surprised to see. At what,
1: 1080p? Uh-huh. You and your eagle
0: eye. I don't know. I have good glasses.
1: Oh well, I mean, yeah, I, but tr- Yeah, but it's not that it's blurry. Uh, but it's yeah, that it's tiny. Yeah.
0: So yeah, well, it is small. Um. So, but it, it what it does for me though, like, um, I feel like the scaling kind of messes up some of the VM stuff I do.
1: Yeah. And so.
0: It- um, dialing it back is a, is a compromise no. to one hundred percent. you do, but but it's good for me.
1: What? You, yeah, ex- that's that's what I do. Is if I if I'm on a scaled desktop. And this is in Windows and Mac mm-hmm. and everywhere else too. If I'm on a scaled desktop, unless it's like super like four K or whatever, I just tell it to go back to one hundred. Right, go back to regular scaling, and it'll be fine. But yeah, I get that. I get that with VMs. That, that is a true pressure point. I agree with you. I was pleasantly surprised
0: to see it in 125%. And, um, like, I didn't even notice it, right? other than, obviously, it was very legible. Um, I didn't even it notice is. it because I didn't notice any artifacting. I didn't notice any, you know, sometimes when you scale things, the font rendering gets a little funky or, you know, certain icons will look fuzzy, you know there's a little quirky stuff that comes with it, right?
1: As a matter of fact, immediately after installing Fedora 39, uh, some windows mm-hmm. at 125 percent scaling, the title bar was, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit blurry. Like the text in the title bar was a little bit blurry. The, uh, you know, when you're resizing your window and you get the, the arrow that points in opposite directions, that was a, the rest of the mouse was fine. That one oh, the yeah. mouse cursor was blurry, but, I ran my updates. I rebooted. It did its thing, and that all went away. So, yeah, yeah a yeah, later yeah. version of five twenty seven fixed a lot of that, and then it stayed fixed when I upgraded to Rawhide and Plasma six. Well, and I think
0: some of the some of the reasoning, some of that looks good is Wayland, right? Yep. You know, Wayland helps you a lot with those things. So, um, yep. and and it's certainly a move to Wayland by default you know, in, in Fedora and some other places too. But mm-hmm. um with six, that's that is going to be the default. And uh I think that makes a difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? Yeah. What's
1: what's really funny is um there's so many uh complaints about Wayland, right? And and screencasting has been one of them for, for a very, very long time. Uh and people like to blame Wayland for it. But the more I look, especially digging here, 2020. Mm-hmm. That 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 has been supported in Plasma since 2020. Yeah, and people still complain about it today. Well, and, there's
0: certain components of it that, that aren't great. Yeah,
1: but but the thing is that they complain about it and they put the blame at Wayland's feet. Yes, oh, yeah. things have changed and the software has to catch up. But you have to remember that it's the developers of the software that need to start supporting Wayland. Wayland's been around. When did in the history? When did when did KDE pick it up? Like twenty 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 thirteen 2013 or something. Right, right,
0: right. So, 12, 12 like, 13, yeah, somewhere around there. Long developers time.
1: Developers have had a decade, if if you're doing weird things like screen recording or casting or clipboarding or mouse detection or whatever, like they've had a decade to catch up. Yeah, but I think only only
0: until the last maybe even a couple of years have people really started to focus on that as being... You know, settling into the idea that uh, Wayland is the actual successor. Before that, everybody
1: was still on the fence. That that's very true. But you know what? That actually goes to um, hang on. What was his name? Aaron Sago. That goes to his point. Right. That uh, like the whole KDE four debacle thing. Everybody hated KDE four. It was, I mean, and I've compared it to Vista a lot. Mm. Um, because until KDE 4.2, it wasn't really ready. But Aaron's point was that, well, if you don't call it ready, if you don't give it 4.1, then people aren't going to take you seriously. And that's what happened with Wayland. Once desktop started shipping it, right. forcing it in front of people's faces, then, only then, did things get fixed. That's right. So that that's That's the thing. Oh, oh, don't ship it till it's ready. Don't ship Wayland until. No. But if you don't ship it, it'll never be ready. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So just you have to bite off more than you can chew. You just have to do that to force people to do the testing that you need to be able to fix the things that you need to be able to fix. So people can be excited about the thing that you have. It's exhausting.
0: At some point, you just have to—you have to get it out there in front of people, and you have to ship it. You have to ship it. You know you're going to have bugs. Just file your bugs, people. Um, we'll get—we'll get them fixed when we can.
1: Yep. And the folks that are complaining are just a matter of course. It mm. is just the way things have to be. Otherwise, it'll never get tested. Right. It'll never get tested. And when it is released, then you'll have the same thing anyway. So what's the point? Just force it.
0: But to your point, I think. Yes, I tested out early days plasma six, uh, you know, beta one, two, and now the release candidate. And there are absolutely bugs getting fixed left and right because, like you said, they're putting it in front of people, you know, giving, giving them the opportunity to test them and stuff's getting fixed. Uh, yeah. some things that it didn't, I didn't have a chance to report stuff and the next update solved my problem like yeah. right around the corner kind of thing <laughs> i mean uh so well, that's good yeah no so i did chaos K- uh, kos was the first one i did with plasma 6 and mm. i was getting some weird uh like stuff with the kicker menu um it would tell you know just came up with a there was a box but inside of it it said like there's some K- qml error thing you know blah, blah blah but then you know an update later it that started working again. And, you know, I, one of the updates that came through was for that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it stands to reason. And then that's cool. I don't know. I did, I did, um, Plasma 6 on KDE Neon. I didn't really have too many issues with that per se, at least not the Plasma portion of it. But don't forget that that is, uh, running uh, 2204 lts ubuntu so some of the software packaging there's a little little aged if you're using things from the repo but i don't know that that's necessarily the design of it either so right um it's it's mostly just to test the plasma components that's the idea of kde neon right so Mm -hmm. um that worked I, i i i didn't have too many issues with that but then um then neil proposed the idea of moving on to fedora rawhide and we were like yeah that sounds like fun let's try why not yeah so dial it up and uh we did and uh i've had really good time over there so far haven't had to do a lot the only issue i had was um the ffmpeg lib's Trick that you have posted on your oh. website didn't quite work for me, but that's mm-hmm. because the FFmpeg libs hadn't been packaged yet for what is going to be Fedora 40 in Rawhide right. before I, uh, you know, bef- well, when I first installed it, and then, uh, but it turns out you did a little digging after the fact. And and, uh, it's it's now available as of like yesterday kind of thing. So I haven't quite I haven't done an update today, so I don't I don't have any update for you.
1: Yeah, they started packaging it as we're recording this yesterday. Yeah. So (laughs) uh,
0: perfect timing. Yeah. So then then Firefox can work again for me instead of having to use something else.
1: Uh, Wait, what what happened to Firefox?
0: Well, if you don't have any FFMG libs, you don't get the codecs, and then you can't watch yeah, YouTube. Yeah, of course.
1: The <laughs> entire reason I wrote that post in the first place—that's right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's really that's really annoying. You could do the flat pack Firefox, but uh, some of the integration is not a hundred percent there yet. Yeah,
0: but, I ended up doing the well, I had the flat pack of Vivaldi on there because I'm kind of been trying yeah. trying that out a little bit, and uh, I like Vivaldi, so I use that.
1: Yep. 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 And I'm, man, the notes, the notes, what can I say Mm -hmm. about, mm, but the notes, the notes are good. So I've been, uh, I've been hacking away at this. I've, I, I stayed in the nice, warm, soothing embrace of plasma 5.27 for while you were in beta one, beta two area. I did not get onto the plasma six train (laughs) until, uh, Neil mentioned it with, rawhide and i was like you know what rc it's a release candidate this is this could possibly be what gets put okay it's, I'll, it's do pretty close. I'll, yeah. I'll do it i'll do it and i mean i i didn't i didn't have any issues um outside of the just don't tinker too much <laughs> with the taskbar oh don't do
0: it all right well now i've got to go fiddle with it
1: I still have even in 5, even in 527. I still have these weird issues like I'll get to the point where I'm like okay, this needs to go here and this needs to go here. Mm-hmm. I make this a little bit bigger and I'm move this over here and I'm going to put the icons over here. I'm going to add this thing right here and then and th- at a certain point the the bar will just like freak out and then you'll never get it back to the way that it was. You have mm-hmm. to just you have to just start it over. And wow. I don't know and it's it's always been it, I'm sure it's just me doing too much. When I leave it alone, it's fine. It's perfect. And if you were to ask me to, hey, go write a bug report about that. Well, I don't remember the 700 things that I did. Yeah, yeah.
0: What steps did I do to lead up to that? I have no idea.
1: No clue. So, you know, even if I could write a bug report, would anybody follow those steps the way that I did anyway? It wouldn't be a common problem and it probably wouldn't be worth anybody's time, but the point being uh, don't take it with it too much Just set it up the way you like and leave it alone <laughs>
0: all right well i'm going to try I, that i now. can't
1: i can't leave it alone i can't i'm i'm telling you like resize the thing move it to different parts of the screen and like add stuff remove stuff you know do the whole do the whole nine all right challenge accepted okay <laughs> if if it stays alive i'll be
0: surprised it probably won't but i'll give it a try
1: you never know you never know maybe i'm just really good at blowing things up i don't know yeah i'm i'm game to try so no real problems with 527 um some maybe maybe some like uh weird animation stutters here and there but i mean you know it's fine it, it, it that's just me being overly picky plasma 6 though mm-hmm. there are still some weird little weirdities and Uh-oh. i can point at them right they're on the screen Right now, uh-huh. as, uh, as Gen 2 compiles back there over an SSH session, which I know I shouldn't do. I should do like TMUX or something, but whatever. Um, as Gen 2 compiles, I love my blur. This is something that I've said on this show about six million times. Yes. I love the blur. Turned on the blur, there is no blur. There's no blur. The The only blur is in my webcam camera right now. Let me fix that. Yeah. <laughs> the o- The only blur is there. And that's not what I don't want. Blur. That's there. the wrong I don't want blur. blur. That's that's the wrong exactly. It's the wrong blur. Um, there's no blur.
0: Now that mountain is crisp.
1: I, it's that's a crisp. That's a crispy mountain. It's crispy cold and crispy pixels. So I, I don't. I don't.
0: Yeah, that's not good.
1: I turned on the blur like I always turn on the blur because I love the blur. The blur is very lovely. Uh, but it didn't go. Um. And then, and then I was like, okay, well, let's full screen this bad boy because I want it to be as big as possible for the show, right, right? Right. For the cap, for the for the capture, and um, it doesn't hide the taskbar. So me, me and Dan were talking about this before yeah, yeah. the show. I didn't
0: quite understand. It's look, you're not talking maximized, right? right?
1: N- correct. Not not the middle of the three top right buttons. Right, not right, right. that. That That is not full screen That's that maximized. is just maximizing a window right. full screen is when you have like a browser or a terminal, and you hit f eleven yep and it and it's just like boom, it's the whole thing, whole thing is the yeah. screen mm-hmm. and then you gotta use workspaces to kind of get around right you know um even in f eleven full screen mode, the taskbar is just right down there, and it wouldn't be such a problem, but blur doesn't work <laughs> so like it would be fine. Mostly, if blur worked and I couldn't see exactly what the taskbar was showing me, like I can, I can read the time and yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's weird. All right, so you got um, some
0: bug reports to go, right?
1: Yeah, and then the other thing that kind of cleared itself up mm-hmm. is uh, I, I, I didn't add the FlatHub repo. Uh-huh. I just got a Flatpak ref file for local send, so I could shoot files around. Oh yeah, I, d- I opened it from Firefox, and it was like. Crash, mm. and I was like, okay, okay, all right, all right. So I went into the into Dolphin, launched it from there, crash, and I was like, well, that's weird. Right. So then I just uh, uh, I I don't know what I did. Maybe I ran updates or some. Re, I don't know what I did. I don't think I ran updates. I rebooted maybe, and then it just started working. Huh. And then other flatpak ref files also worked. So, huh?
0: Maybe you needed a reboot right. there. I don't know. Like, so uh, I will say. I do I haven't have quite narrowed it up yet. I don't not sure where the bug report would go. Um because I need to do a little more time on it. Um I do right. I do think there is some sort of memory leaking type thing going on because I left the laptop going and um overnight and then the next day it's kind of like laggy and sluggish and I tried to do uh you know a remote desktop type session from my Proxmox, you know, over the spice uh protocol uh, you know with vert viewer and yeah it it um it it never really loaded the graphics thing it said graphics uh something uh loading or something like that, and it never like the window was there, but it never painted anything in so then I did a reboot huh. and um then it worked just fine like it was no laggy or anything and it just it just lit right up. And so yeah,
1: something something with the
0: reboot. Something cleared out with some, you know, memory problem. Yeah.
1: The the problem with these is that it uh they're really hard to replicate. So yeah. it's really hard to write a bug report about it.
0: You got to put some time on it too, right? It's not it's not something you can do in 10 minutes.
1: Exactly. And um I ran into kind of a weird little issue right before we started the show where my screen kept turning off. And I can't have that. I'm doing, you know, there's there's junk going on back there without blur. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's stuff going on back there. Yeah, you want to show it off. Right. And so I can't have the screen turning off in the middle of everything. So I just rebooted and it it's fine now.
0: Yeah, the settings started working then. Yes, after you'd already ticked all the boxes.
1: I already ticked, like it had been working prior. I think the, I'm going to figured this out but i think the trick was that i unplugged it from power and then replugged it into power and i think the plasma session was like we're not in power anymore right but i did go in and say if you're not on power also don't shut off the screen which is probably going to kill the battery one of these times but you know not during a show so it's fine yeah so uh yeah i don't know uh, that's uh that's a weird one too so if i can get a lock on one of these bugs i'll be happy to submit a report but they're so weird and intermittent yeah and I, it's hard to replicate sometimes yeah. so
0: we're we're diving in deep here i mean i feel like uh yeah. these these things are really unique and they're not huge bugs uh i would say so i think things are actually shaping up to be really good release
1: yeah and honestly uh please please understand that i am specifically focusing on the negatives um there's a whole lot of positive to this oh, there absolutely the, is I love I love how the little panel just kind of floats like the there and un- yeah. un- until you full screen, mm-hmm. so- or no I'm sorry maximize right. something uh I actually prefer it that way cuz I'm I'm a dock guy I prefer a dock rather than a whole taskbar
0: thing mm-hmm. on the bottom um Yeah the whole floating panel thing is cool
1: The uh I mean Wayland has been fantastic I did a few screen recordings there yep. um which is something apparently that people say doesn't work but it works and it's just been a really solid desktop outside of yeah, those yeah. few negatives.
0: Yeah, no, and, and, and like I, I really love K Runner. That's one of my favorite things. Like it, yeah, it just it, it just works it's really smooth.
1: The little the little uh magnifying glass button on the ThinkPad actually brings up K Runner. So it's nice. the well, that was one of, of, of
0: ten. The the macro buttons, they're you know, shortcut buttons that I set up <gasps>
1: actually just launches K
0: Runner. Your,
1: K-Runner. your keyboard Mm -hmm. with the two massive buttons one of them has to just you gotta like smack it yeah it's like oh it's k-runner yeah no one
0: of them like if i plug that in yeah it would work for k-runner because i I mapped i think b to uh, k-runner absolutely that's so
1: cool Mm -hmm. like i need you to do i need you to have like on one it just needs to play the bruh sound and on the other one it needs to open up k-runner so you can look up all the other sounds and play them when you want them or something
0: but yeah no absolutely no so the cool thing is yeah launches k-runner i love k-runner it's great
1: yeah and i can't wait for the steam deck to get plasma six man because that's Uh, really when it's going to get hammered on
0: as much as you interact with the desktop on that or at least most people probably Um, it'll probably be a little bit right it'll get good and stable I think before they bring it it over. will yeah. it will we'll, yep.
1: we'll probably see the first 6 LTS before right right so uh, that's 6.2 probably right
0: it. yeah six one, six two, something like that yeah mm-hmm.
1: but there's a really good chance that I'm going to end up being on plasma dude the Wayland scaling stuff is what's going to steal me away from GNOME it feels like a
0: huge leap from from where things were with the five series and wayland to where things are now
1: yeah yeah it has just improved and improved and improved and i know it's taken a long time and i know people are unhappy with the amount of time that it has taken for wayland but you gotta force it right and now that we've been forcing it man this last year of wayland development of wayland improvements of I mean really not, not not even just the last year, but the last three years yeah. has seen yeah. such a vast improvement in Wayland. This is this was the whole crux of that argument or just go try it. Just if you haven't tried it, try it. Because Things have changed. Well, a whole heck of a lot.
0: I mean, stay tuned in fe- in February when Plasma Six gets released because that's that's Ooh. that's going to be a great time to try it. I th- I feel like I don't
1: know if I can leave it now that now that Rawhide's RPMs forties <laughs> has FFmpeg libs. Now I don't I don't need to leave. <sighs> that's my that's my real only gripe with Fedora. Just give me the codecs, man. I know you don't package them for legal reasons or whatever, but really, really, Ubuntu hasn't been sued yet. I want to watch YouTube. That's that's about it. Exactly without it being choppy like it'll work with those weird little cisco h264 whatever actually some videos it... don't
0: really i've never like it plays one. ads you get the ads no problem uh, but then yeah, when you get to the video it says uh oh, i'm sorry something's gone wrong
1: boo yep. okay yeah well, it, 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 it's, right. it's
0: not all of them you're right but like uh, a lot of them yeah no enough that it, it okay. wasn't
1: it wasn't very usable Okay. All right. Well, I'm um, i you know what? i I'm just gonna do a little bit of YouTube and I'll see if Linux Saloon works without installing the codecs first. And yeah. then and then we'll go. We'll go from there. I don't know. I
0: feel like I was actually <laughs> trying for some Linux content that
1: just didn't go well. Really? Okay. All right. Well, that that's for future Leo and future Dan. Yep. We're gonna keep on the plasma six yep. train for I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna plasma six train this until it's released. And then how do you hop off the Rawhide train when 40 releases? How do you like I don't undo know the Rawhide.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. Do you do you get off ride? Right? I mean like I don't know.
1: I well, I don't surely. You just you just change you just change the repos. As as easy as that sounds. Yeah, you, you probably do, you just, do.
0: You're probably right. Yeah.
1: You just change your repos. Yeah, okay. Timing Here we go. Might be
0: important on that
1: that's what i'm thinking right there man <laughs> you do it too late and you got like all these like i gotta roll back now whoa okay,
0: you do it well, too soon we'll see how it goes. as well you could easily break stuff i don't know like yeah, i'm sure timing neil. is important on that yeah neil, will neil
1: text me when it's time <laughs> this is your fault He'll probably man.
0: tell us to reinstall
1: <laughs> you know i'm that's that's been my go-to i, I tend to do that that's okay um but you know, I would like to just keep it. That would be kind of cool. I'm I'm very much into keeping my systems around mm-hmm. for as long as I possibly can. This Gentoo box, I haven't blown it up. I'm gonna keep it forever. I have actually have straight up uh, part clone uh, backups Backup. yep. of Gentoo. So I have you know the we had. Oh, that's one last thing. Uh, you know what? We'll leave that. We'll leave that for for next time. Uh but you gotta remind me about the, the, the Gen 2 what we're gonna be doing okay. later on. Yes. yes I will. All right. All right. So Plasma 6 train, we're on the train. We're we're I'm gonna be on the train. I'm we're, solid. Gonna, we're, we're doing yep. it. Love we're, it. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be real good.
0: And you can catch all the great links at Linuxuserspace.show. And if you wanna email us, send us some feedback, that's uh contact at linuxuserspace.show. show. Or we have a contact form. On the website. You can go to linuxuserspace.show slash contact.
1: Or lust.sh. Sometimes I forget about that. It's so short. Yeah, the short. And I have such a short memory. The short Earl. Can't remember. Yeah, the Earl. Oh, wow. Uh, There's a next time thing. We got a we. The show continues. Today? N- no. No? God. G- please know That history. We did that last oh, time. <coughs> my God. That history was a lot. And I am so glad that there are like 12 less years on the next one. Because yeah. that was a
0: lot. Yeah, there was a big gap. Uh, or a big enough gap.
1: I feel the same way after KDE that I did after Slackware. Yeah, and
0: it has a lot of feel. Same.
1: After after Debian. Debian was a good Those, one. Those... Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't feel this way after Gnome, though. But, man, KDE, yeah, Slackware, Debian were the... Were just... There were a lot. There were a lot. There's a lot of history. You had, a lot of deep had history. had power through it, man. And, you know, wheat from the chaff and whatever. Um there was so much, there was but so much.
0: We, we hope you enjoyed that, and uh, you know, mm. send us some feedback because next time is a topic show. Sure enough,
1: and we got some we got, we got one topic lined up. we and... do.: But we'll take some feedback too.'ll absolutely yeah, Well, absolutely, Abs-
0: Whoa. absolutely. There's a-
1: always. We always carve out a section for the feedback. So make sure you give us all your hot takes. I'm I'm into hot takes right now. So okay. yep. um give give me your give me your hot take. Give me a hot take about plasma six, man. Give me your hot take about gnome. What's the next one? Forty four five, six.
0: What are we up to? I lost count. I lost count too. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: The, when the numbers get big like that, it's like what version of Firefox are we on? 1,045? thousand forty five twenty eight? I don't know.
0: 1,045? 128? I don't know yeah right, I don't know right I don't know right because
1: like, 'cause 'cause i'm I'm pretty good at keeping up with the numbers, but when they when the numbers get real big mm, what what mm, you got me, so yeah give me your give me your version of hot takes or any other kind of hot take you can you can uh, you can throw out at me, yeah what is the um and I'll have the uh, I'll have the image maybe if I can remember right here uh it was it's where that one guy is facing that crowd of a bunch of other people and they got pitchforks and stuff. And then it's the meme where it's like, uh, you know, what, uh, what opinion do you have? That's got you like this. Yeah. Where you're facing the crowd. Everybody hates you. What's that opinion of yours? Hmm. I gotta know because, um, there's a good chance I probably have that same opinion, man. Yeah. Maybe I do. Mine is bloat. Oh yeah.
0: I got, I, I got him today on that one. I made him laugh.
1: He did. Yeah. The dreaded bloat. Mm -hmm. I heart bloat. Pretty sure I need a t-shirt that says that because, oh my God, if there is not a ton of Linux folks that just absolutely hate bloat. But I'm like, what are you doing with that 500 megabytes of space anyway, man? (laughs) That's going to get me in trouble. Anyway, next topic, topic show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, uh. You know, so we, we've got to do another history. We've got to get one lined up for the next time. Turns it's, out. It's, it, yeah, it turns out Gnome, Gnome got split apart. Well, you know, forked a few times.
1: Bifurcated. I don't know why. Yeah, bifurcated. I thought about that word. But, oh, that's um, a good one. Trifurcated even. It,
0: it did. Because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're picking one of those. And. uh, And? Flip a coin. We're about to find out. Do, what is do, it? Do you have the three-sided coin? Because we're going to flip it? Mm-hmm. no okay mm-hmm. yeah so it turns out it's uh, on the side or something not Ted's or Tails it's it's
1: something else and so we picked Mate oh got him got him yeah the, apparently when you go to the uh, the the board game store mm-hmm. they don't have a three sided die they only have a four sided die mm. we had it was uh, Cinnamon, Mate, Budgie LX cute. we rolled the die we got Mate and it turned out Mate is the oldest of them all, so it really, really, actually it, it worked works. out. It works, totally We're works. We're kind of doing this chronological thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's falling into that sort of place.
1: Why not? Well, Katie was a little before, little, little, little no, out of step. And
0: then we did the, but
1: no, but you know what? You know what? They're all
0: about the same. They, they are. They are. There, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of groupings, honestly, and. So yeah, you had those early '90s uh, things, and then got those
1: out of the way. Except, except, and I know it, I know it. Enlightenment, but I just, yep,
0: that was an early one, and, and we'll get there. that. That one, I think. I don't know. Like it's hard. Some of the some of the history things are hard. So we got to we, we got to take it easy on Leo. Really, is what it's all about here. So we've got to. I, we, I need a break. <laughs> we got to give him a little pat on the back and say it's G- okay, gimme, buddy. We'll get you back in the game in a minute.
1: February. Just just let me have February mm-hmm. and then we'll come back and we'll revisit enlightenment, maybe maybe not we'll revisit the question
0: <laughs> so so in our in our really preliminary looks at things, we think we can we can hammer this out a little easier ah, so yeah, we're, we're happy and uh yeah, it's one of the ones to discuss anyway because it is, like i said it it's a fork of gnome um at a controversial time, and uh you know we'll we'll pick it up from there. So, you can stay tuned. Tell us all the things on Reddit, Twitter, Mastodon, and Telegram. Find some platform where we're at. And, uh, whatever you do, just join in the conversation. And, uh, you know, we'll have all the links in the, in the show notes on Linux show. So, Leo, well, where can we find you?
1: Oh, you could find me over at Mastodon at Leo Chavez at Mastodon. social. I'm, um, I'm still on the, uh, Twitter one, two, same handle. All right.
0: Yeah, and you can find me at kc 2 bz at both places, at KC2BEZ at Mastodon.social, and at KC2BEZ at Twitter. All right, come back in two weeks. We'll have more Linux user space.
1: you know what we don't say at Linux Space at mastodon.social and then of course uh, same handle on the old twitters and like pretty much everywhere that's you know, true we have
0: that at both of those things and all the places huh
1: sure enough you know if I had pictures to send uh, we have a pixel fed one too we do but uh, I did I did just get a camera I should hmm. do some pictures hmm. I could do that okay alright you know what Dan, just send me the pictures. It's a, You heard it here first, folks. Dan's going to be filling up that Pixel Fest.
0: Uh, probably not, but, you know, we could put some more things there. Yes,
1: absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right. Give me a screenshot of your Plasma 6 desktop. I should. Uh, af- after it crashed. After it crashed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll send that in as a bug report. It's a good plan.